Well, hey, we've got a special treat today. And uh, in a minute, I'm going to invite up uh, our friend, uh, Dixon. But before I do, I want to tell you, um, you know, I, this is really special for me to have Dixon here speaking today. And I know special for you, too, because he's a part of his family. And um, and uh, but I met Dixon. Well, no, like I met Dixon, I think, 19 years ago ish. And uh, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I know I've mentioned it before, but I came up. Well, I know what year it was. It was 99. So 1999, I brought uh, our youth group up from our Clear Lake First Assembly of God Church for the very first Jesus culture at Bethel. And um, and one of the things we did at that very first Jesus culture is we went out in the street and we had block parties and it was a whole evangelistic push. Yeah, you feel that? <laughs> and so, oh, my wife just starts manifesting on the front row. And, um, and, so, uh, and so I'm standing there on Clay Street in a cul-de-sac and this man named Dixon Slater ends up standing on this side of me, I think it was. And, and we ended up, we're sitting in front of a, there's a stage truck in front of us and we introduce ourselves and he just stood out to me. And you know what? Dixon is, uh, he is a special and a unique man. He stands out, I think to most people, but, but, um, I mean that in all, I mean, it's, you're such a gift Dixon. And, um, and, uh, and anyway, but you know what? He really stood out to me because I realized that that day I met, what we call a divine connection. And, uh, and little did I know that, well, I guess it would be three years later in 2001, we would be in BSSM together. And so we were classmates in BSSM for a couple of years. We were in the same uh, home group. Um, and that's where we became friends, really. Um, and, uh, and then that, that began years of, of friendship. And, uh, and, you know, camping together, families getting together, and... I could tell you some fun stories. <laughs> Do you remember that bacon grease fire thing he did? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Dixon had to save all the bacon grease. Oh, anyway, and um, and uh, I'm like, what's he gonna do? And he did this thing where he spills a little water on a long stick, and, and I can't believe how far up in the air that fire went out of a can. I mean, it was really high, and. Um, like 15 foot mushroom cloud of fire, you know, like licking the branches. No, I don't know if it was, but anyway, that was good. Maybe it wasn't uh, approved by all, but we really had a good time. We approved. And, um, and so, um, but you know, uh, Dixon became uh, one of those people that, um, you know, as I was getting to know Dixon, uh, you know, he would tell stories about his life, which like the way he would start his story would have been the whole story that I would have told. You know what I'm saying? In other words, uh, or, or for example, you know, Dixon might say, you know, one year when I was uh, spending the summer at 11,000 feet in a mountain valley in Nepal, uh, we decided and then the story begins and like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My story would have been all, one time I went to Nepal. <laughs> that would have been the whole story. But anyway, but um, just an adventurous man, a man of faith. And, um, and I love how God sees so far in advance about how these connections work together for the kingdom. 
And what fun is it? And, and really, the kingdom is relational. We're, we're all a part of the family of God. And ultimately, this is God's design, that we, as the family of God, Jesus said he was about his father's business. It's a family business. And, um, and I thought, who saw this convergence coming? That, um, you know, but Dixon, I'm sure he'll share a little bit. But, you know, we were sharing last night. We were FaceTiming last night or Skyping last night and uh, just catching up for a bit. And, um, but Dixon mentioned to me that, you know, he was saved here. I came to know the Lord here at Mountain Chapel when Danny Silk gave an altar call. Um, and, uh, and was sent out from here, from you guys, from Mountain Chapel, twice sent out. And the last time they were sent out to YWAM, as most of you know, we support them as missionaries here. Uh, our, our church does, and some of you as individuals do. And today, normally I would do this up front. So I just want you to hear my heart on this. Uh, normally I would do this up front. I would have taken up an offering for Dixon up front today. And the reason I like to do that is because um, we don't work for money. We honor up front, not because of a performance, but because of who a person is. And so I just want you to know that, that when it comes to guest speakers and things like that, um, I like to give the offering ahead of time uh, just to say, you understand. And uh, we don't have a performance culture here, but I like to bless first. But for some reason, I felt led today. And so you can be thinking in your own heart with the Lord about whether you'd like to give, if you feel moved, to give a gift, to sow into the missions work. They're on staff with YWAM, and you're going to hear more about that. Um, and so just prepare your hearts. Listen to the Lord about it. You know what I'm saying? You don't give under compulsion, but we give joyfully. And, and whatever we feel, when we feel moved in our hearts, here's what I know. The Bible says that he who waters will himself be watered. You know, and we see that in worship, don't we? We come in, we give God praise, right? And what happens? We end up getting refreshed, right? You go, you serve at the soup kitchen, or you go and you minister or give somebody a prophetic word, you walk away filled up and blessed. And, um, and so, uh, you know, when we sow financially, it's not just money. It, it is an investment in the kingdom. And not only will God provide for our needs, but I believe that when we sow into ministry, into the Father's work, and you know what it is? And maybe you're not going, maybe you're not training up leaders and going directly to the mission field. Maybe your time will come. But even if you don't, when you give your money and the missionary goes out, when I'll tell you what happens. Someday you're going to stand before Christ at, the, at his throne. And you know what? He's going to reward you for things that you didn't know you had coming. And, and you know what? I, I believe on that day we're going we're gonna to be rewarded because he's going to say, did you realize that a village in Ghana was saved? Did you realize that, that, you know, on and on and on? You're like, no, I didn't know that that happened. Well, you sowed into that offering. You supported that missionary. And, and really, therefore, all their fruit, you share in it. And, um, and then ultimately, all the glory goes to God anyway. And so on that day, it's just more to give to him. Because he's our prize. And, um, and so be thinking about that, whether you want to give a one-time gift and or maybe God is, is, uh, is going to move your heart and you want to support them monthly. And I'll just tell you, anything counts. Ten bucks a month counts. Maybe you feel moved like maybe you're blessed, you know, and you're like, well, I could give 500 a month, you know, or 
or whatever. I know I'm sounding a bit like a TV commercial right now, but, but like, you know, <laughs> for every gift of 500, you're going to get a gold leaf on the wall. I'm just kidding about that. But, um, but, <laughs> so, but I'm kidding about that, of course. But you hear what I'm saying? No gift is too small or too large. It's, don't think of it as a dollar amount, but think of it as an investment. And, and it's, it's us saying, yes, we're sowing in. And, and we, we, are, we are a part of sending you, and we want to sow in to what God's in your life. And so, as Dixon's sharing today, he wants to come. He wants to share some fruit about you. You've, we've sent him out. Now it's we, because we're here. We've sent him out, and we support them. And therefore, we're going to hear about some of that fruit that we get to share in. So remember, the fruit that he shares today, we as a community get to share in that. Isn't that amazing? That's how the kingdom works. And... Um, and uh, and also, I know that Dixon has a word burning on his heart and whatever that is, I've basically said, you know, that you're free here. This is your home. You be yourself. And uh, and uh, anyway, so without further ado, please, let's just can we just cheer stand and welcome Dixon nice and loud as he comes. Wow. Oh. It's really good to be here. It is really, really good to be here. Looking out at all of you. Oh, thank you so much, Rich. Um, in case you don't realize, I, I went um, to the back. I, w- I was looking for a paper clip, and, and Rich said, you know, he told me he was going to be you know, bringing me some water. And he said, I do have a paper clip. I'll trade you. And I kind of thought, okay. He said, I'll trade you for your watch. You might notice I am currently watch free. He stuck, he stuck to his, uh, his trade. Apparently, I might get it back this afternoon. I... In a little bit, those of you who, who have not met me before, who do not know me, um, you'll get to know me in a little bit. Uh, but before we do, there's a few things that I just I need to do. Um, first one is my wife, Teresa, and son, Noah, send their love. They really, really, really wanted to be here. I am going to honor Noah. I'm going to ask you to stand back up. And let's see, who is Bobby in here still? No, who, who could we do this with? Um, let's see. Daniel, come on up here. All right. So if you don't know Noah, I'm about to demonstrate with Daniel a way that Noah might hug you if he were here. And uh, I am going to be putting the mic down. It's a two-handed hug. So please hug someone around you just the way Noah would, because he would want to hug you all. Uh. Yeah. I, I also want to, to 
just say something to a few folks that are here. Uh, I, I don't believe he's still here. He literally just walked in in the tail end of worship from, I think, two weeks of, of straight uh, long days working on the fire. But I, I want to give a shout out to Cameron Ross, who was here a moment ago. He is here. Yes. Come on. Cameron and his team have been loving Reading really well and serving families who only have, you know, a little bit of rubble and some ash left really well. So thank you so much for doing that, Cameron. I, I also would like to uh, just welcome some friends of ours who are here visiting from Afghanistan. Um, Nathan and Annika Rainier and their family are over here on your right. They're, uh, they're in Reading for a little bit. And, and Annika messaged me and said, hey, can we get together? You're going to be down here. And I said, no, I'm not going to be down there. I'm, you know, I'm only up here and I flew in and out of Medford. I'm not even driving through Reading. Um, and then this morning they walked in. So, um, Brandon told you a little bit of, of our history together. Um, I am so thrilled that Brandon and Amy have come here to join you all. Oh, those of you who know our family know, know our daughter Trinity. Uh, she's 19. She's a student at um, Southern Oregon University. And when I flew into Medford, I went to her house in Ashland. Uh, she, she got off work a little while later. And she came home and she said it was the end of a, a long work week for her. And she said, Dad, my wanderlust is acting up. Let's go camping on the coast. This is about 6 p.m. On, on Thursday night. At about somewhere around 10, we actually hit the coast. You know, having driven up and over 199 and down to Crescent City. And by 11 or so, we got down to Patrick's Point, where we used to go camping every year with the Rice family. There, have, have, have they met Caitlin? Has she been up here yet? Okay. So their oldest daughter, Caitlin, and my daughter were really good friends for years. Um, they, uh, and so we went to Patrick's Point. Don't tell anyone. We totally ignored the campground full sign. And uh, I mean, it was 11 o'clock at night and then we and Trini has a quiet car. So we figured we can just kind of sneak around and maybe we'll find something. And sure enough, we found a, a campsite had been vacated early by a family and, and we camped there. And it was this nostalgic tour. Trini wanted to go like, I want to go to this place where we always used to go. I want to go to that place where we always used to go. And that's really the legacy of our of our friendship. For about 15 years, I have used as an illustration primarily for young people who are setting aside a time in their life, whether they were coming to be students at the Bethel School of Ministry or they were coming to be students or what we call staff at you with Youth with a Mission, YWAM. But they've set aside this time of their life to really go after God and everything that he's inviting them into. And I can't count how many times I have stood in front of a group of people and I have asked them to look around, just to look around at the folks that are there with them 
And I've said to them, some of these folks here, you're going to need for life. I would tell them there are two people in my life that if my phone rang right now while I'm here in front of you and I looked at it and I saw who it was, one, I would take their call. And two, if they said, I need help, my first question would not be what's going on. My first question would be, where and when do you need me? You're one of those folks. So I am really, really just thrilled on a whole bunch of levels to be here today. Brandon mentioned that that I got saved here. Um, Those of you who are are relatively new to Mountain Chapel might picture my salvation like right here. It didn't happen that way. Once upon a time in the 1990s, uh, Mountain Chapel met in the theater. And, and, and the theater is not the theater that you go into today with these nice, nice two, you know, two different screening areas. It was one big open theater. There were, it wasn't the first time I visited, but, but we, you know, we had moved here in October. And I think the second or third time we visited, it was raining. And there were those padded old theater seats that had buckets sitting in them because the roof leaked and it would drip. Otherwise, the seats would get really wet. We, uh, I remember sitting in Danny's office and, 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 and saying to him, I'd, I'd gotten saved and we were passionately going after God and we didn't know what was next. And, and I told him what I thought it was and, and he sent us out. Um, and then all these years later, you know, when Cameron was, you know, conceived of and was dreaming of this course that's now on, on the campus here, um, he brought me up and, and, and we got the course up and going. And, and then two years ago, year or two, depending on how you look at it, um, you all sent us out again. We, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you being with us. I know we're in Hawaii, but... I came here yesterday. I've been the last two days, actually. I've been outside in the middle of the day, and I've been walking around thinking, it is so nice and cool. It is so nice and cool. Noah has taken after me in more ways than one, some of which I'm very proud of and some of which I'm perhaps not so proud of. But recently, he started showering three times a day. I was talking to Teresa about this, and she said, do you notice that you shower three times a day? Dang, I do. Three cold showers a day to try to stop this sweat. It doesn't work. Or it works for at least five minutes, maybe, if I sit in front of a fan. <laughs> totally. Some, some of you have lived there. I, uh, I want to start this morning, and I, I want to read something from John Wesley. For those of you who do not know or are not familiar with John Wesley, he is associated with the Great Awakening in the mid-1700s in America. He was a minister in the Church of England, and he 
is he's basically the father or grandfather of dozens of denominations and movements worldwide that include the Methodist Church. That would be what most of us are most familiar of. But a vast swath of the Pentecostal and charismatic movements, including our own Assemblies of God, um, trace back to John Wesley. This is his writing. Many comforters assured me that I had faith. As a Wesley, I was supposed to have faith. I was an ordained minister from a family of ministers. My brother, father, grandfathers, and a great-grandfather were all ministers. I preached on faith to the faculty and students when I was at Oxford, England. But I did not have the faith which I wanted and knew I needed. This faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would come to me later. Then I would be able to lead many into the same powerful spiritual experience. I had a sort of faith in my early life. But devils also have a sort of faith. Still, neither they nor I received the faith of the covenant of promise. Even the apostles had a sort of faith when they were first with Jesus in Cana. Then and there, they believed on him in a way. But they did not yet have the faith which overcomes the world. The faith I wanted was a sure trust and confidence in God. I wanted to experience forgiveness from my sins and a oneness with God through the work of Jesus. I wanted to be returned to God through the faith Paul wrote about, especially in his letter to the Romans. Like him, I wanted a faith which would enable me to say, it is no longer I who live. But Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wesley continues, I wanted a faith which no one can have without knowing he has it. Many imagine they have this type of faith, but do not. My comforters imagined I had it, but I did not. I remained miserable in their poor comfort. Everyone possessing this true faith is free from sin. The whole body of sin in him is destroyed. He is free from fear, receiving peace through Jesus while rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. Think about that for a minute. Rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. He is free from doubt, having the love of God shed abroad in his heart through the Holy Spirit, which is given to him. He is assured that he is truly a child of God through the witness which the Holy Spirit bears in the heart of the faithful. Having preached about this true faith, 
I was sure of its substance. I knew that I was yet to attain such a faith. In order to find this faith, I contracted to serve as a missionary. I was not searching for any financial gain in missionary work. God had given me many material blessings already. I was not seeking any honor. Purely and simply, I was seeking to live wholly to the glory of God and to save my own soul. We're not in that theater downtown anymore. We're in this building. But in both places, you are the ones who introduced me to and first gave me that faith. Through how you lived, through how you did, through what I could see, I, I arrived to Mountain Chapel, a 29-year-old, semi-long-haired, quasi former hippie quasi former I uh, I have heard several people use this description I never thought of it that way but when when I would be up in the front or, or going up and down the sort of the stairs slash aisle way of the um, you know of the of the theater with with our daughter Trinity who's a toddler who she had learned to walk just barely but she honed her walking skills dancing up and down those those stairs uh, at one, barely one years old, like 13 months, I think she. Um, people said I did the chicken leg dance. <laughs> That's awesome, Dorla. Dorla remembers. Yes. I never thought of it as the chicken leg dance, but apparently that's. Yeah. Can you see? Uh, no, I don't know. My back. No, just kidding. Oh. You all birthed that faith in my life. This true faith that Wesley's talking about. He he really became convinced of it when he encountered a group of Moravians. Who this is 1728. Um, and I know I'm sorry. It's the 1730s, early 1730s. And he has signed on as a missionary. He's on a ship going to the New World going to what will become the United States. He landed in Georgia. And there is a group of Moravians on board the ship. He had been really impressed by their prayer and, and just how devoted they were. But when the ship was hit with three storms in the row, the third of which was a hurricane, and, and full waves are coming over and swamping the deck and soaking through, you know, it's a wooden ship. They don't always hold all together in, in storms. They let water through. They, they breathe a little bit, if you will. Um, and and he, he watched these Moravians who were holding a worship service. And as this wave comes down through and soaks and everyone else is screaming, the Moravians continue singing. Man, woman, child. And he went up to them and he, he knew he wanted to learn that faith. That's the faith that you gave me. I have to tell you what what we do with YWAM in Hawaii. We couldn't do without that faith. 
for the you know for those of you who don't know the story, we roughly two years ago we went and we attended a six month training. Everyone who does any length of service in YWAM uh, goes through what we call a discipleship training school, also known as a DTS, and it's six months. Three in the classroom and then three out somewhere in the world doing a missionary outreach. Well, Teresa and Noah and I went. Trinity was just starting college. So she uh, she stayed at Shasta College and the three of us went there and, and we were students. We did our, our lecture phase, you know, in a class right there in Kona. Um, we had a couple of folks you guys might know, uh, Banning Liebscher. Um, Skyped in. Eric Johnson uh, came over to a later class and spoke. And we did our outreach in Nepal. We had a wonderful time. Um, Nepal is an immersive experience. I'm just going to leave it at that. Digestively, every way, it's an immersive experience. I'm not going to take that side road. Um, but when we went back, it was j- just over a year ago. It was in um, the middle of June 2017. That we, we had come back here for about three months. And uh, we, we went back. Y'all sent us out. And we went to completely revamp a training for what are called staff at YWAM. Now, I'm going to explain that a little bit because staff... When I hear staff, I think somebody who is part of a large organization and on the payroll. Um, YWAM doesn't have a payroll. Lauren and Darlene Cunningham, who started YWAM in 1960, have never received a single payment from YWAM. Neither has anyone else for working in YWAM. Lauren knew very early on that um, God was calling this organization to live by faith, including for our finances. That experience over the last year has grown the faith. You were already like you had planted a seed. It was it was 2000 when I gave my heart to the Lord in the theater. January 2000. And you had planted a seed that has grown over the last 18 years. But my gosh, I can see the fresh growth over the last year. And we went, and Teresa and I, we were going to lead what we call leadership track, which is this nine-week immersive training for people who have done a discipleship training school, and they're coming back, and they are now going to be the front lines of discipling new students. They are going to be the ones who are primarily pastoring and pouring into these young students who are only a year behind them and sometimes several years older than them. In our case, uh, several decades older than them. We, uh, we went and we knew we wanted to connect people with the Lord. Our, our heartbeat was that they would leave nine weeks with us having that, this same faith. Teresa's days were filled with one-on-one prayer sessions with people just helping them walk through the hurts of the past, um, addiction issues, 
everything that might hinder their heart that was fully for God, but their life hadn't fully caught up yet. My days I spent challenging this group. No, it was the summer. No, it wasn't in school yet. So no, it just came along with us and just challenging this group consistently to go deeper in their own relationship with God, to try things that may or may not work. If you think God's whispering it to you, give it a try. And also to encourage them and equip them so that just three months after they start with us, they're going to be able to do the same thing with new people. Well, this group, our, our little, uh, our, our first crew of 57 people, bless Teresa. Those of you who know her will really appreciate this. We had a uh, we had a short term rental right next to campus. It like it looks if you don't know the, the facility, you would be convinced that it's part of the campus. It's that next to in a, in a little two bedroom condo. Uh, and that allowed us to land there and find a, find a longer term place. I looked at our living room, which is about half the size of, of the uh, of the stage here. So, you know, let, let's say it's this half because you don't have the drum set. So our, our living room's about about that side. And I thought, we could fit everybody. Let's have them all to dinner. Twice. Let's have them over regularly. I only counted once after dinner. And there were over 50 people left in our living room and kitchen. Some of them had had to go to do other things. Yeah. God bless Teresa. If you don't know her, she really likes small, intimate gatherings with one or possibly three or four people. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Um, Fifty of that group of 57 went on to to be staff in the next school. God did a ton of stuff, but I really just want to I really just want to highlight one thing I want to share with you this one testimony of what he did. This was a Facebook post from uh, right after our team arrived in Norway. So they like like in the YWAM circuit, they did three months of, of lecture and training and pouring into the students and then you know, twos and threes of this group that we've been pouring into takes a team of anywhere from eight to 15 or 20 students to someplace in the world. They, they went to 17 different nations. And, uh, and this was from um, the, uh, one of the leaders of the team in Norway, this fantastic 22-year-old. He's old, where we come from. A series of random events left me and some friends from my team walking down the street of downtown Oslo late at night. As I walked past this man working, I instantly heard God say he had back pain. So I asked him and he said he did. He said we could pray. So we prayed a quick 10 second prayer. He was instantly and completely healed. Now, what you don't see because I'm not holding up the Facebook post for you is that this man 
was an angry Muslim man. Michael talked about him and he said, you know, I walked up and you could see he was just livid. The guy himself, after his, well, I'll continue the story. We shared Jesus with him and he fully surrendered his life to Jesus. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit and completely amazed at the turnaround in his life. I've seen the after pictures. And this guy is beaming from ear to ear as he describes how he was angry and and wanted to yell at Michael when Michael first said something to him. He, you know, when they asked if they could pray, he thought it was a joke. It's the only reason he said yes. Yeah. Oh. Man. I tell you what. God is amazing. Amazing. I. I did want to come back here today bearing fruit. That's good fruit of the one. But I I really want you to see the scope of the impact that you're having in the world. You poured into, prayed for, and partnered with us, Teresa, Noah, and me. We challenged, loved, and encouraged 57 young people. They discipled and developed 262 students. Together, that 300 and something people went to 17 nations where they saw 3,758 people healed when they prayed for God to heal them. Come on. They saw 40,701 salvations. One hundred fourteen thousand and three hundred and five people heard the gospel out of that one group in three months. In three months. If you ever, ever start to wonder, what am I doing with my life? Slap yourself. You are changing the world from right here in Weaverville. This is who God is. He is a God of multiplication. I got a message from a friend recently who as she's just done a lot. Let's put it that way. She has lived her life well for the glory of God. It's about 50 years old. And she talked about they recently relocated to Alaska. 
And she talked about, you know, once again, I'm just bringing my my little bit of bread and my few fish. And that's really all that God is ever asking us to do. Is to bring our little bit of bread and our few fish. Um, I, you know, if you had asked me 12 months ago, I would have said, sure, some people will get saved. No idea. You know, I wasn't like wasn't on our grid. Just the mind boggles. After that first round that ended in early September, we did this same circuit, this same training two more times. We did again starting in late September, going through December, and then starting in early January and going through March. In all, over 300,000 people were either saved or healed. I'm sorry, I misquoted that. Over 300,000 heard the gospel. It was 75,000 that were saved or healed. Or some, a lot of times both. Just like this guy that we read about. Yeah. This is what God's doing in the world. And, and we are so thrilled to get to be part of it. I wish I could say to you that the entire year that we've been gone has been glorious. Um, I can't say that. Right as we were ending our our last training, um, I I really don't know a, a, a great way to put it, but one of Noah's classmates at school uh, took Noah's innocence from him. In a relative instant, in, in a locker room, um, it's been one of the hardest years of our life. Praise God that. Teresa set a standard in our home from when our kids were born that it was safe to talk about anything. It, was, it wasn't the night of, but it was the next night when we were going to bed that Noah told us what had happened. And we, we sat up with them, we prayed with them, we comforted him. Uh, the next morning, um, Noah wanted to be sure that I told you that he got interviewed by the police. Um, and we, we started on the journey. I'm so grateful for the resources that are available. The Young Women's Christian Association, that most of us just call the YWCA now, has a fantastic program in Hawaii for people who experience just what Noah did. And they sought us out and they embraced him and Teresa and Noah and I you know, started going to regular counseling for him that was appropriate for him if you don't know Noah he was born with Down syndrome uh, he would 
talk a mile a minute to you and you might understand some of it. Uh, but, but it was not what we call cognitive therapy. It was sand tray therapy where he gets to, uh, you know, in a, in a tray filled with sand, gets to build these scenarios around what's going on inside of him. Uh, and it was really powerful. The woman who was working with him was fantastic. Yeah. I, I wish I could say to you that for Teresa and I, our, our first response was to worship more. Uh, we got there, but we also both got triggered before we got there. And then we spent some time just triggering at each other and fighting more than we ever have. You know, we were, we were trying to walk through the pain. We, the, the leaders in, in our life in Hawaii were fantastically supportive. But it is different living away from all the people we know well. It is different. If we want to see a family member, we buy a plane ticket. About three or four months, um, leading us through probably the middle of, of last month, maybe early middle of last month, it was just hard. I mean, there were, there were days where it, it wasn't hard. And there were days where it was. Um, but it was just hard. Noah, if, if you don't know him, is remarkably joyful. And he had space to work through everything, to talk about as much as he wanted to and in the ways he wanted to. Um, about, uh, about what happened. I talked to him before I shared this. I wanted to... Ask him how he felt about it. And he said, yes, please share it. Um, and he said, be sure you tell them that. And he said the, the boy's name, um, you know, that he betrayed me. Which is how Noah sees it. You know, this, this young man betrayed his trust. Um, last week, we got our first call from the DA office, the DA's office, who... Uh, you know, they're, they're considering a, a Class A felony um, to prosecute the young man. And, and Teresa and I reiterated, we're like, we want other people to be safe and we want him to get help. Um, you know, he, he didn't come up with this on his own. Um, yeah. <sighs> Wasn't my goal, honestly, to share this. But every time I prayed about being here today, I could see myself standing right here sharing it. It's one of the things I talked to about Brandon last night. I'm like, I don't, I don't fully know why, but I know that every time I, get, I just consider this is what comes up for me. I know many of y'all love Noah. You know him. And you know, I appreciate your previous prayers for him and your future prayers for him. I, I am delighted to say that, that as a family, we have, I don't know if we can say we've rounded a corner, but we have transitioned. Noah is doing well. The, the church that we attend in Kona is 
the vast majority of, of the folks in the church and the pastors and the leaders in, you know, everyone in the church, mostly Polynesians, a lot of Hawaiians, but a lot of Samoans and Tongans and some Maori. Um, and then a few folks like us. And, uh, Last Sunday, we, after church, we had a potluck. Three men, all older than I am, came up to me at, at one point or another after the service and talked about how much it blesses them to see Noah's freedom in worship. That wild, jumping around, joyful, worshiping boy that you remember... Well, he's a young man now, but he's still wild and jumping and up front when no one else is worshiping. I'm also delighted to tell you that that Teresa and I, we can honestly say that right now we are closer than we've ever been. And we are more deeply connected than we've ever been. I'm so grateful for what y'all did 18 years ago. For what you did for five of the last seven years. Helping us grow in faith. And I'm so grateful that like John Wesley... We went out to be missionaries. I can't say that we had his intention of growing in faith, but I can say that it's worked. We have grown in faith. We needed that this year. Not too long after um, we ended our last training of those of those three, we, we were going to have, there was not going to be any training the quarter that began in April and ran through late June. Um, not too long after uh, we ended that, that third training, one of the senior leaders of the base sent us both a text and said, can I meet with you in the next couple of days? And we were kind of like, oh, you know, what is this? Like, we know her, um, but we don't know her well. So... Um, we're absolutely sure. We, we sit down, no idea what she's going to ask. And she sits down with us and describes how the Crossroads DTS, which is YWAM's training for people who are not 25 and under. Uh, they happen all over the world. This Crossroads DTS, the couple that had been leading it for 57 times, they had run 57 trainings in their 80s. They are stepping down. And, and, and the senior team has been meeting with Lauren and Darlene Cunningham, who live in Kona. Um, and, and Darlene has said to them, you know, this is our priority. Like, we need Crossroads to be strong. And Amy's sitting in our living room, which we're in a new two-bedroom apartment. I've tried. It will not fit 50 people. I gave it a good try, and 30 people were really uncomfortable in there. We max at about 22. 
Um, you got to try things, right? Amy invites us, asks us, will we please consider to help her completely revamp the Crossroads DTS and, and help her lead it this fall? I, Teresa and I went to YWAM. We, we actually, the entire time we were students, we stayed as students. And, and we positioned ourselves to receive from everyone who is in leadership above us. The oldest of whom was almost 30. Um, and, I mean, you, you laugh, but, but we were legitimately like, this is who we're here. This, these are the people that God has for us. And the Holy Spirit is no different in a four-year-old who knows the Lord than it is in a 40-year-old or an 84-year-old. We got great stuff. When we committed long-term to, to go to YWAM, we, we sat with another one of the, the senior base leaders and we simply told him, Andy, we want to serve you. We want to serve your vision. And that was really our heart, to go there and to serve. We realized through the trainings we led last year that what is wanted is mothers and fathers. Those trainings we did, they were like our kids. I mean, of course you have 57 people over for dinner if, it's, if they're your kids, right? Um, we are so thrilled to be... You know, we're in the midst of, of um, accepting students, helping them get ready. Over half of our class is not from America. Uh, this this um, training, we're expecting about 35 students. They range from, I, I think we have one 28-year-old uh, who, you know, who has a degree and has you know, spent some time in a career. Uh, and we have, I think our oldest is a 76-year-old um, who just retired out of business and his wife who's a little bit younger than he is is a rabid youth evangelist in finland and they are like fired up and ready to go after and see youth around the world meet jesus man i want to be like that when i grow up But that's what we're in the midst of right now. I, I can say to you that that faith that Wesley talked about throughout everything that's happened this year, our faith never took a hit. Our hearts took a hit. But our faith never took a hit. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for praying at those random times you thought of us and you didn't know what was going on. I want to thank you for reaching out to us. You know, several folks in here in various ways, like would suddenly we'd hear from you. I was thinking about you or we love you or how's it going or we're praying for you. And I want to thank you for making it possible for us to do what we do. I've wrestled with God this year. 
I'd really like to have a side business and generate much of the income we need that way. I think he may have compromised with me. Um, he, he did, like, we've really felt his grace and, and, and approval. We, we bought a car that we rent out. There's a, is anybody here familiar with Airbnb? Yeah, yeah, Airbnb. Well, there is an entirely other service that's like Airbnb for your car. So Airbnb is sharing your home with people or your bedroom, your spare bedroom. Um, I know. Sorry, I had to cover that one. (laughs) Turo is sharing your car with people, but not like Uber where you give them a ride. You actually give them the keys and they drive away in it. And then they bring it back, theoretically, um, <laughs> some days later. Um, you know, and, 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 and you know, the, what comes in makes the car payment, and we get a, a few dollars um, from that. And, and we're so, I, I'm so grateful personally because I just, it is so in me to be part of generating the income we need. And that's really where, where God has stretched me the most um, this last year is in relying on people and really learning that I'm not actually relying on people. I'm relying on God. And over and over and over again, we've seen like, man, I have zero reasons left to doubt. I mean, zero reasons Left to doubt. He's faithful. And, and I want to thank you all for being faithful too. We love you very much. Teresa and Noah send their kisses and love. Thanks, Dixon. Uh, you know, feels like family, huh? And um, and that's what we do with family. You know, I, I tell you, in the kingdom, you know, you need people in your boat. And uh, and I know that in my early years, I I uh, when I was much younger, I am still young, but when I was younger, I um, I know that uh, I didn't realize that I had this operating system but i real but i um i i I did i realized the lord had to reveal to me that i kind of had this thing that like when the going gets tough the tough get going and um and you know like i can fight my way out of a corner with god you know and um that's good to know that um however the problem is when you have people all around you and you're just still in the corner just with god you know and um and and I learned that vulnerability, you know, when 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 you do what Dixon just did, and you know, he he shared that re, that for a few reasons. But um, I tell you, it's powerful that when you open up, what happens when it's the family of God? 
that grace flows into your boat and you get you get strengthened and um, and you get covered. And um, I know that there's so much more that Dixon could have shared with us about the upcoming opportunities that they have. But, you know, how many tens of thousands of people were saved and healed? Did you hear that? That was in a three month window. A three-month window. How many of those DTSs do you guys do a year? In a year? Okay. That's amazing. Wow. Amazing. And so there's increase happening. And we've been sowing into them, but we're going to have an opportunity now to sow in some more. Um, but, you know, one, one thing I just want to honor Dixon, and, I, and it's kind of a, it may seem like a side though. I really want to honor Dixon. I, I, I've been thinking about what it looks like to mature in the kingdom. You know what I love is that when you see a person and you can you know um paul said to timothy let your let your growth be seen by all and and it's isn't it uh, a blessing to know people and to run with people and yet you watch them grow and grow and grow with god where every time you see them they're further along with the lord you know and, and a lot of people think and a lot of christians even think kind of like maturity means you know you kind of learn how to do everything and you're like well, brother, you'll settle down when you walk with the Lord a while. I'm like, no, I think when you walk with the Lord, you burn more. And and what maturity looks like in the kingdom of God is not that you settle down and you learn how to do everything. What maturity looks like in the kingdom of God is that you grow in two things, faith and love. Maturity in the kingdom looks like you love more and you have more faith. And that's what God calls growth. And uh, and can can you just see, I don't know when you saw Dixon last, but he's my good friend and I'm watching Dixon today and I'm like, man, he just keeps growing with God. Isn't that a blessing to see? So I just want to honor him for that. Let's let's just honor him. And um, and so today, uh, Ruth, would you give me a hand real quick? Would you just empty that basket into the other one and then put. And then put it back over here. Guys, this is Ruth Bournes. She's She'll be with us. You'll get to know her. She's going to be here all year doing third year with me. Internship. So, yeah. You're, you're going to love her. Um, let's have the empty one back over here. And, um, and so this basket to my right, okay. This is what we're going to use today. Um, we're going to do something a little bit differently. Uh, do we have... Um, do we have uh, offering envelopes available? Somebody uh, who can help with those um, in the back. Andrea's looking. Thanks, Daniel. And um, if you guys can scope those out, uh, we'll see if we get those. But who needs an offering envelope? We're going to use these for two things. You want to give a one-time gift to the Slaters, Dixon and Teresa, uh, to support them as missionaries. Because you know what? It's amazing. I'm thinking this fruit is going to increase. Well, you just heard that testimony. They've just got invited up into a higher level, which means there's going to be more fruit. And and um, and so we want to sow into this. We want to support 
them. And so two things, if yeah, just keep your hand raised if you need an envelope. And uh, here's what you can do. You can put a gift inside. Here you can also take a, a blank envelope if you want to, and you can just write your information and a pledge. And um, you know, where it's between you and God. I just think it's it's powerful when you make a decision and you write it down. We're not going to come beating down your door or anything like that. Um, but um, but if you want to make a pledge today, maybe you're not preferred, uh, you're not prepared to give, uh, you don't have cash or a check with you or whatever. Um, but write it down. And, and as I'm talking, I'm kind of giving you a few minutes to uh, just hear from the Lord. And I'll tell you, like, you know, that thing, you know, Dixon talked about faith. And faith is that thing. It kind of like it leaps up inside of you, you know, and we don't want to give it by to, when we're feeling compelled to give. But I will tell you, often faith just arises in a moment and you feel that grace on you. And um, and and so if you feel led to give, let's give not let's give with faith in faith and with faith. Do you know what I mean by that? When you give, you give in faith, knowing that if I feel to pledge a certain amount and that I will give monthly to uh, and support them throughout the year and who knows for how many years, but to support them throughout the year monthly a certain amount. If God gives you a number, giving in faith means, you know what, I'm going to believe that I'm not saying, you know, don't write $100,000 or anything like that. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, But, you know, giving faith means God's going to provide for that. And um, and then to give with faith means that I'm not just giving dollars to somebody to help them pay their bills. I am sowing into the kingdom in a way that God multiplies not only back to me, but to them multiple times over. Like God takes it like the fish and the loaves that Dixon mentioned and he multiplies it. And who knows how he does that? But we just we don't want to try to quantify that. We just that's where the faith comes in. And so um, if uh, if we can just put some music on in the back and then right after we give um yeah, you know what I'd like to do? Uh, let's just do it all together. I think we can multitask. I want Dixon to come up here. Dixon, come on up as a as a family. Um, let's just have a few people. And, and uh, I want to lay hands on Dixon today. And uh, just as a, um, you know, that we, we stand with them. And, uh, and as the music plays, a couple things come forward. Put your envelope into that basket on my right. Um, and then going forward, uh, you, can always, you can always support them and we can help you do that. We'll make sure that every dollar that you uh, write with their name on it goes directly to them. Yes. Uh, make the check out to Mountain Chapel. And, um, but write, uh, you know, Dixon and Teresa or the Slater's. And um, and that way we can that way we don't give them like a bag full of change and money and stuff. You know, we'll write them a check. And um, and so uh, so would you stand with me? Father, we thank you for uh, uh, this day today. We thank you for the fruit. We thank you for all the fruit that will come. Go ahead and extend your hands toward toward them. And as you do, you know what? Dixon is here. And as you do, just see that Teresa in the spirit, Teresa. Uh, Trinity and Noah are all standing here with him. And we, we extend our hands to them and we say, Father, thank you for covering them.
God, I thank you that even today you would multiply that, that, that God, that, that you would, um, however you do it, that you would multiply your angels around them. God, I thank you that you're sending uh, your angels out, that you go before them, God, that you're preparing the way. God, I thank you for supernatural covering. In other words, that God, when things, uh, you know, that they would come through everything better than ever before. Because that's how you always do it. And, um, and I pray that you'd make them a magnet, God, for your, for your finances, for, uh, for support. I thank you that it will come, God, from the right and the left and all around in places that they did not expect. And God, I thank you that it is going for the work of the gospel to fulfill the Great Commission, the one mission that you've given us. And we, we honor you, Slater family, for saying yes. So come and give. Uh, you can just make your way forward, put it in the basket there. And uh, if you want to come up and give Dixon a hug today or, or a word from the Lord, maybe you've got something for him. Also, uh, prayer team, if you, if you want to receive prayer today, Please make sure you come up and uh, we want to pray for you. Make sure that if you have any needs, whether it be in your body or in your emotions or in your life, finances, we want to pray for you and agree for God to touch. And so God bless you, Mountain Chapel. Thank you and um, have a great week.